you take off this morning, I want you to stick around just for one minute, okay? Because what I want to do is I want us to pray together for our moms, okay? So kids, why don't you reach out and hold your mother's hand, if your mother is with you, if she's not serving in the kids or something like that, and let's thank God for our moms, and let's ask God, hey kids, listen to this, you go to Redemption Kids, and you learn about God, and you, and you have teaching and lesson and activities that are teaching you about God. Well, guess what? Your parents are in here. Your guardians are in here, and they're also learning about God. And so we're going to pray that God teaches us today, and he speaks to every mom, every woman, every one of us here today. Okay? We got it? Ready? Kids ready? Awesome. Let's pray. So God, thank you. Thank you that you are an amazing God, worthy of our praise, worthy of our best today. And so God, even as we acknowledge and honor and celebrate mothers today, God, we want to honor and celebrate you and the gift that you have given us through the mothers in our lives, through the, the women in our lives, God, as they not only uh, do all that they do, but as they reflect you. And so, God, we ask that today would be an encouragement. It would be an encouragement to every woman in the house that you would encourage them and instruct them from your word, God, that you would draw them near to you, that they would have a clearer vision of who you are and the women you're calling them to be in Christ. Father, help us as men to know how to, to, to pray for the women in our lives, to love and honor and praise the women in our lives. And so, Father, even as Pastor Reddy acknowledged, God, we acknowledge that today may be difficult for some, whether we've lost a mother, whether we desire motherhood, but you've said not yet to us. God, we, we just pray that this morning would be a time of encouragement and comfort and vision for who you want us to be. So, God, we thank you for every mother. We thank you for every grandmother. We thank you for every adoptive mother. We thank you for every foster mother. We thank you for the moms in our lives who have pointed us to you and who have loved us so sacrificially. And we ask that you would speak to them now and speak to us now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, kids, thank you. Awesome job. You can head upstairs to be with the team and Redemption Kids. Well, uh, let me welcome all of you. Thank you for allowing us to do that today. Uh, let me welcome you to the gathering of Redemption Hill Church. My name is Tanner Turley. I serve as one of our pastors. And so today, uh, I want to invite you to turn to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be in chapter 31, okay? So if you're using one of the Bibles we provide, it's page 552, okay, 552. And this is a, a beautiful text because it teaches us about the godly woman, the godly wife, the godly mother. And so today, moms, listen, we are here to celebrate you, all right? We are here 
to honor you. All right, so I just want to say on behalf of all the men in the, in the house, maybe they haven't already said this. I'm sure they plan on saying it, okay? But you are beautiful, moms. Come on, we celebrate you. I hear some amen. Thank you. You are, yes, you are beautiful. You are stunningly sacrificial. You are amazing. And we want to honor you today. And we want to honor you by even, uh, even looking at uh, who God calls uh, all women and all mothers to be. So uh, I just want to say, I think honoring, like, you know, I think it was uh, President Wilson back in maybe 1914 established Mother's Day as an official holiday in the United States. Uh, but it really flowed out of a vision of a, of a Christian uh, woman who wanted to honor her mother about six years before. And so honoring moms is a very Christian thing to do because God has given us the gift of not only women and womanhood, but mothers and motherhood. And so if, if God thought up the idea of motherhood, surely God would have some really important things to say about being a godly mother and being a godly woman. And so it's this ancient text here in the book of Proverbs that teaches us, gives us a portrait of God's woman. And I think as we'll see in the very first verse, God's rare woman, God's rare woman. And so I just want to encourage us all, especially the moms, especially the, the women in the, in the room, okay, strive to be this kind of rare woman that we are going to read about here in Proverbs chapter 31. Okay, so as we begin, Proverbs is a, is a, a, a book of wisdom. It's a collection of sayings that tell us about God's world. It provides truth and perspective on how God has ordered his world and how we can step into the path of wisdom, which over and over and over again is the path to life. Okay, so there are, two, there are two paths that are set before us in the book of Proverbs. There is the path of wisdom, that, which leads to life, and there is the path of folly, which leads to death. Okay, and so that is what is set before us. And as we are going to see, this, this woman reflects the beauty of God's wisdom in all of who she is and all of what she does. And so read along with me. I'm going to read the entire passage for us, starting in verse 10. Here we go. An excellent wife, who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and teaches and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. 
when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Now, don't miss these final verses. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. I hope you caught those final words. It gives the picture of children and a husband and even this woman's actions, her works, the way she lives her life, that very manner of life, all of the people around her and even her own life, they are found to be giving her praise because of who she is before God and what she does before God and before others. And so I just want to say, as Pastor Reddy mentioned, this is the first time we've ever, as a church, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe rightly, maybe wrongly, okay, but we always, we always obviously highlight mothers. We always honor and celebrate mothers on Mother's Day. We always find a way to uh, show how the Bible is relevant, no matter what the passage is, as we're preaching and uh, thinking about life, that, that there is a, an application for moms. We always honor moms on Mother's Day, but we've never taken an entire passage like this just to, to think deeply on what the ideal God's rare woman looks like. And I just want to say at the outset, okay, because I know some of you may be here, and it's like, hmm, okay, like, who is this for? Is this just for the moms? I mean, is this just for, like, the married women? Like, is, he's, he's talking about a wife. Like, what's going on here? Is this for everyone? And let me just say this, okay, every woman in the room, okay, this is for you. All right, this is for you because no matter what your station in life is, if you're married or you desire to be married or you uh, currently have the gift of singleness and maybe you don't even see that changing, okay, this is for you because this is God's rare woman. This is a picture of the ideal woman. But also, I can only imagine that maybe the men in the room are thinking, you know what, uh, maybe I'm just going to like pull out my, 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 my phone for a minute and, and check the analysis of the Celtics game, okay, because like, you know, this is, this is for the women. Um, and let me just say that if that's your kind of mentality, okay, I can just shoot straight with the guys, okay, you're a fool. All right, you are a fool um, because you need to know about God's rare woman, okay? You need to pray for your, the women in your life to be God's rare woman, and you need to also, yes, praise what you see in God's rare woman as you see it in her, okay? Thank you. And so that is actually the point. That is the, 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 the key thought of what I want us to walk away with today, and, and that is that God wants us to praise God's rare woman and let that be a pattern of our lives, okay? Make praising God's rare woman a pattern in your life. And we see in the very beginning, well, why am I talking about a rare woman? Well, uh, it just says here at the beginning, an excellent wife who can find. 
And it's very interesting. If you uh, trek back to the beginning of the, of the chapter in verse 1, it says what? The words of King Lemuel. Okay, we don't know much about this king. We don't really know anything about him at all. Um, but uh, his, his words have come into the book of Proverbs. And it's actually, look, look at what it says. An oracle that, what? His mother taught him. All right? So, so these are actually the words of a mother talking to her son about the ideal woman. In other words, they are, they are instructions to a single young man saying, hey, this is the kind of woman you should pray for. This is the kind of woman you should look for. This is the kind of woman you should value. This is how you should think about women and treat women, all of the women around you, because women are a treasure. They are precious in God's sight. And that's what verse 10 says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. And so I just want to give us a few thoughts on how and why we should praise the women in our life as a way to honor them and ultimately honor God. All right, so the first one is just as we, as we read, I'm sure you picked up on this, okay? We should praise her, God's wear woman, because of how she serves others. Okay? We should praise her because of how she serves others. Now, the, 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 the chapter is just loaded with the evidence that God's rare woman is an active woman, and not just an active woman, she is a very active woman. Okay, So if we zoom in on verses 13 through 19, we're going to see that she seeks wool and flax. Um, she works and brings her food from afar. Okay, ladies, this doesn't mean that you have to go to the uh, Trader Joe's in Brookline to get your groceries, okay? Um, it just means like she's doing whatever it takes, okay? She's doing whatever it takes to bring in food for her family. She provides food. She buys a field. She plants a vineyard. Her life is characterized by working late into the night uh, when needed and also rising early, okay? I mean, just like, wow, wow. I'm like, I'm almost out of breath just describing everything this woman is about and everything that she's doing. She's an incredibly focused woman. She's an incredibly hard-working woman. She has a plan, and she executes her plan. There's an intentionality about her life. And amazingly, I love what it says in verse 13. It says that all of this work, everything that she's doing, she actually enjoys doing it. Like, she's happy about it. She has willing hands. It says in verse 13, one translation says she works with hands in delight. Wow, women, like make that your aim. Make that your aim in everything you're doing, all of your activities on a day-to-day -day basis. Not that just you would work hard like the Proverbs 31 woman, but that you would work hard and enjoy it. And so I love what this chapter does because what this chapter does which we already know, okay, but let's just make it explicit. It teaches us that God did not just make men to work, okay? He made women to work, all right? We just, we just went through a whole series on our work lives, and then we looked at how God made us to work. And so as those made in his image, both men and women, God has made us to work. And so I would just say women have unlimited potential to have unbelievable impact in our world in each of their God-given roles. 
And so we should not only applaud women in the workplace, but we should pay them what they deserve, all right? Can I get a witness? It's like I'm not trying to get too political here. I'm just trying to say if Jesus, if Jesus were your supervisor or boss, I think you'd be saying like work is work and let's just honor people and pay them the wages they deserve. I mean, because an ideal woman is a, a working woman. But this can mean, okay, this can mean working outside the home, but it can also mean working inside the home. Both are high callings before God. For some women, it's a combination of the two, right? And so I love how this Proverbs 31 woman, okay, she shatters the stereotypes on both ends, right? She is, she is industrious. She is ambitious. She is entrepreneurial, okay? Like she has HBR and Fast Company in one hand with, you know, the clicker going to HGTV in the other, you know what I'm saying? Like, she just, talking about a well-rounded woman, okay, like she, she can live in both worlds. She can prioritize working and earning a living, but not prioritize it over her family. Making family her top priority before God. And so uh, we see that this woman, she, she, verse 18, her merchandise is profitable. Verse 24, she makes garments and sells them, delivers sashes to the merchant. And so listen, whatever your role, whether you are working inside the home, whether you're working outside the home, or some combination, listen, moms, we say thank you. Thank you for working as hard as you do. Thank you for the sacrifices. Thank you for staying up late at night, losing sleep, getting up early, getting us ready for school, all of the things that you do. And by the way, most are not seen. Most are not seen by a watching world, and yet God sees. And God knows how hard you work. And so the Proverbs 31 woman is is a hardworking woman, but she is working hard because she is motivated by a love for her family, all right? She's, she's working hard because she is motivated by a love for her family. And so just look at what it says about her husband in this passage. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. This godly woman is more precious than jewels. Do you view your woman, your, your wife, like that? All right, let's just, let's just have some fun here today, okay? I want the men that are married to stop looking at me and look at your wife right now. Come on, right now. And I want you to say it, all right? Why does it mean you got to stop looking at me too? You, gotta, you are f- worth far more than precious jewels. All right, say that. You are worth far more than precious jewels. All right, a little louder, like you mean it, man. Come on. You are worth far more than precious jewels. All right, this is fun. All right, let's keep going. You're, you're, don't laugh. Your eyes are like diamonds. Oh, come on now. Hey, hey, this is good. All right, I never used this one before. I mean, I've never said this one before. Um, your smile can melt the stars. Oh, come on. Oh, this is just, oh, this is good. Romantic. Uh. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I charge for the rest of the lines, all right? So we're just going to stop right there. All right, we're going to stop right there. Um, listen, 
I love it. Thank you. That was great. This is, we're having fun today, right? We're having fun. And why, like, why would he, why would this, this husband feel this way about his wife? Well, well there's something going on that's, that's, that's much deeper than just the externals or, 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 or the, the, the practical benefits or uh, how beautiful she may be on the outside, right? Because this man, he can trust in her. Verse 11, she's a faithful woman. Trusted not flirt with another man. Trusted with the secrets that he shares. Trusted with financial matters. This is a, a woman who is trustworthy, and I love what the end of verse 11 says. It says, he has no lack of gain. The Hebrew word there describes the rich plunder of a victorious army. Okay, so it's, it's metaphoric for the amount of abundance that this woman, the amount of value that this woman adds to her home. She is excellent. She is valuable. She is a treasure. Verse 12, she consistently does him good. When you are in the presence of a godly woman, let me tell you, it's a life-giving experience. You're not like we can contrast this with verse 3 when this, this wise mom is saying to her son, do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. What, what is she saying? There are some women that can suck the life out of you. If I can just be blunt, right? Just like there's some men, right? I haven't said anything. So just, let me just let me qualify that, okay? So this is the kind of neg- first negative thing I said about women, okay? And not that I'm saying that about anybody about you because you're striving to be the godly woman of Proverbs 31. But but the point here is that just as a woman can take your strength, so a woman can give you great strength. She can give you life when you're in her presence. And so then verse 23, don't miss this. And this is actually, as scholars would tell us, that this is the center of the poem. It's the focal point of the poem. And it says, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Now, now why is a, is, is a verse about a man the focal point in a poem about a woman? It's because this mother is talking to her son. This is what you look for. This is what you seek after. This is what you pray for. But, but the, the, the actual heart of that verse is about the value of this rare woman. Because it says that her husband is known in the gates. In other words, let me translate that. She accentuates his reputation. Let me even put that in more like plain terms. She makes him look good. Can I get, oh, I I got an amen from a woman that time. Thank you. Come on, women, because the men should have been saying amen. Come on, men. She makes you look good. I can't hear you. There we go. There we go. Thank you. So, so listen, and this is, this is also, it's true. It is true. But it's also a, a call and a challenge. And why is that? It's because the greatest call of any woman, as well as any man, but we're focused on, the greatest call of any woman is to make those around them, and particularly if you're married, your husband, if you're a mom, your children, it is to make them, by your example, a greater person. And so let me just ask you, does, women, does your commitment to Christ cause 
the level of your husband's devotion to rise. Make that your mission. Make that your mission. Make that your calling. And men, you know that's for you too, right? Like we, we live a certain way. We pursue God. We, we seek to be a godly man because we, we want to elevate, by God's grace, elevate through our example and encouragement and truth sharing. We want to elevate the, the devotion of our wives. And so she has a great love for her family. This is also true of her children. If we look at verse 15 and verse 21 and verse 27 and verse 28, she cares for her home. She provides food and clothing. She looks well to the ways of her household. She does not eat the bread of idleness. She doesn't fear at the future. In fact, she laughs at the time to come because she is working so hard and she trusts in the goodness of her God. Wow. Wow. And so it's sobering for me to think about this as I'm just preparing the sermon this week. Like, I am who I am today by the grace of God and in large part to the influence of a godly mother. A mother who cared for me, a mother who poured out affection over me, a mother who showed such selfless sacrifice, consistently putting other people before herself. I can just say it was easier for me to to seek to be a servant and seek to put others before myself because I saw that in my mom. And so mothers, let me just give you a bit of a tribute from children. Thank you for changing diapers. So much fun, right? Thank you for changing diapers, for bandaging, bandaging wounds and putting food on the table. Thank you for the homework you helped finish and the recitals you would not miss. Thank you for getting us dressed, fixing our hair, and giving us a listening ear just because we needed a friend. Thank you for praying for us, teaching us about God, helping us see what it looks like to put others before ourselves. Listen to this. Thank you for all that you have done for us. In the seemingly monotonous and mundane. You feel that, moms? In the seem like no one's watching. In the in the seemingly like another dirty diaper, another question to answer, another meal to prepare, another uh, piece of food to pick up off the ground. Thank you for all that you've done in the monotonous and the mundane, because in all of those moments, you were building something monumental in me. Thank you, moms, for being so sacrificial and loving us. And this Proverbs 31 woman, she's not only focused on her family. It's not like just this kind of, you know, concentric circle that's so small. She actually loves all people. And we see this in verse 20. She opens her hand to the poor, and she reaches out her hands to the needy. So this is a compassionate woman. This is a generous woman. This is a woman that takes of her own resources, spends a little less on herself so that she can give a little more to other people. Wow. We should praise. We should praise the godly women in our life because of how they serve others. And I just want to step back a minute because I know, like, I know if if I were a woman sitting where you're sitting and here, like reading, considering, like 
all that this woman is doing for her family, uh, outside of the home for her family, entrepreneur, businesswoman, real estate agent, you know, cook, seamstress, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm thinking, like, how can I ever live up to this? If, if she's the ideal woman, like, what? How? And I think we begin to get a clue from verse 17. It says this, she dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. And this kind of strength, listen, 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 this kind of strength is a transcendent supernatural strength, which can only mean that it's coming from a transcendent supernatural God. And so we see this toward the end of the chapter in particular, and it's why we should only praise the godly women in our life because of how they serve others, but we should praise the godly women in our life because of their character before God. We praise them because of their character before God. Look back again in verse 30. Uh, so important. If you haven't memorized this, memorize it. I just, just know this verse. Moms and all people. Charm is deceitful. You can't trust charm. Remember, this, mo- this godly mother is, is telling this to her son. Charm is deceitful. And, and guess what else? Beauty is vain. Beauty is fleeting. Beauty, outward beauty, doesn't last. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. We saw last week who we are is more important than what we do. And this godly woman is showing us that everything we do, and it was a lot, am I right? Not right. Like everything we do flows from who we are. Women hear that. Mothers hear that. Everything you do flows from who you are and who you are before God. And so this ideal rare woman is a woman who fears God. And you say, well, what does that mean? Like, it sounds kind of off or weird. It's like, am I supposed to be afraid of God? Is that what fear is? And this word fear in the Bible, we see it over and over again, particularly in the Old Testament, okay, the first 39 books of the Bible. This idea of fearing God is not that we would be afraid of God, but that we would have such a high respect for him that we view him as the greatest being and reality in the world, so much so that we would have an awe before him. There is no one higher than you. There is no one more important than you. You are my priority. That's what the fear of God is. Let me just say a couple things about the fear of God, okay? Number one, it's the key to the whole book. The the, the book starts in chapter 1, verse 7. It says, the fear of the Lord. Okay, this is for everyone, all right? The fear of the, everything is for everyone, by the way, but the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to be a wise person? You want to know how to live your life? You want to know how to apply all the knowledge you have to the glory of God? You fear him. You respect him. You honor him. But, but, but let me just press in further, okay, to show you how fear doesn't cause us to retreat. It actually causes us to draw near to God, okay? Because what does Psalm 25 verse 14 say? The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. 
The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. So for those who see God as truly great, as truly glorious, as so awe-inspiring, are you ready for this, that I am absolutely captivated by him. I'm just captivated. Like, there are other good things in life, but there is nothing in life that is as good as he is. And so I am captivated. My gaze is fixed on God. I just want to draw near to God. Women, are you hearing me? Wives, moms, are you hearing me? I just want to draw near to God. I just want to know God more and more and more. Because the friendship, like, you can be God's friend. Wow. This transcendent holy God actually draws near to us, and he wants to be our friend. And so it's little wonder then. It's little wonder that this woman who is a friend of God is the woman of verse 26 that is pouring forth wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her lips. He who walks with the wise grows wise. And any person, any woman who walks with God is certainly going to grow wise. And so the more of the time that you spend with him, you draw near to him in worship, in prayer, in opening this book that he wrote for us to know him and know his heart. It's how you become a wise woman. And as you're a wise woman, that, that wisdom is just going to flow out of you. And it's going to impact and influence all the people around you, no matter how big or how small they are. And so, women, I just want to ask you this. Moms, I want to ask you this. What is the first thing that your children or your friends would say about you? She works hard. She does a lot of great things. Or would they say, this woman loves God. This woman is a friend of God. This is why she is so worthy to be praised. Verse 28, I love it. Verse 29, I love it. Her children rise up. It's like they're compelled. It's like they can't not, they can't. Stay seated, okay? There's like, have to rise up and call her blessed, her husband also. And what does the husband say? Many women do noble things. Like, there are a lot of great women in the world. It's like a, a reasonable, rationalistic kind of statement, okay? Um, many, many women do noble things, but guess what? You, you surpass them all. And so, man, I just want to, I just want to encourage you today, okay? Like, as you're maybe at a, at a party with other moms and they're reading a, a Hallmark card out loud that says something to this effect, or maybe you're on social media and some man, you know, other man has written about, hey, you surpassed them all. Maybe they even have heard about this, or if they haven't heard about this, they're reflecting it because we all have, you know, a reflection of God in the longings of our heart. And so, um, if you see another man saying, you surpassed them all, just don't take it too literal, you know what I'm saying? Don't like go into the comment section and start a fight, you know. It's like, no, my, my wife is, you know, the Proverbs 31, 29 woman. And so, you know, you may think she, she surpasses them all, but no, my wife surpasses them all. Okay, just like, <laughs> just don't do that. Just, just like it or love it and, and move on. But the point is, we pour out praise. We pour out praise. We pour out commendation. We pour out words of affirmation. It's not a competition, but it is about compelled commendation because she is worthy of our affirmation. When is the last time you just 
I mean, not counting this morning, all right? Not, not counting this morning, but like when's the, the last time you just told your wife how beautiful she is? When, when's the last time you looked at your mom and you thanked her for all that she does? Like not on Mother's Day. Thank them for their patience. Thank you for, thank them for listening to you. Thank them for not giving up on you or other people. Thank you for their constant sacrifice. And this probably maybe goes without being said, but I think it's something we need to hear. Sometimes it's very easy to like say the right things, but just let them like everything just kind of stops right there. Like you can talk a good game, but we not only need to affirm what we see in the women around us, we need to show them. We need to show them. We need to serve them. We need to bend to their preferences, right? So, man, this made me like, I know the Celtics come on at 3.30, LeBron James is in town, but if, you're, if your wife, if your mom wants to do something else, hold me accountable, all right? If, if she wants to do something else, right, then, like, we bend toward her. We serve. It's just a pattern of our lives. And so let me, let, me, let me end with this, okay? There is so much in this chapter. Please continue to study it and read it and seek to reflect it. But, but when, we, when we praise a rare woman, a godly woman, because of how she serves others and because of who she is before God, this is beautiful. You might have missed this if you didn't just zoom in and see the larger story. When we praise them, our praise is actually ascending higher in praise to God. All right? Let your praise of her ascend higher in praise to God. And I say that because this woman is wisdom personified. So so the end of Proverbs, I think the reason that the, the Holy Spirit inspired the book to be ordered in this way is because this godly woman personifies lady wisdom that is talked about all throughout the book. And so this godly woman, this rare woman, is actually a reflection of God's design for her, which means ultimately her job is not to point anyone to how great she is, but to point everyone to how great God is. And so when we see the truth about Jesus, it says in 1 Corinthians 1.30 that Jesus is the wisdom from God. Colossians 2.3 says, In Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so as you increasingly become like this Proverbs 31 woman, then you are increasingly portraying a beautiful picture of God's plan for all people in Jesus Christ to be a reflection of him. You say, well, like, Tanner, this is, this is tough. And, and I'm measuring my life like a mirror in light of everything that you've shared from this, this, this chapter, and I have to say, I don't measure up. And that's why, listen, that is why we need the gospel of grace that says, when I 
blow it when I don't work as hard, when I don't love the people around me as well, that there is forgiveness in Christ. And we come to him and we seek his grace. And not only does God forgive us, but he continues, listen, he continues to transform us into the people that he wants us to be, to the women he wants you to be. And so this this question of verse 10, listen to this. I I, I caught this from someone else this week. Such a good insight. The question of verse 10, an excellent wife who can find is probably found, the answer is found in another question. How do women become like this woman? An excellent wife who can find, a rare woman, an ideal woman who can find? The question is not maybe where we can find them, but how does each woman become like this woman? And the answer is because each and every woman has the privilege to place their hands in the hands of God and to become his masterpiece. As you surrender, and that's a tough word, as you surrender your life over to God and you pray, God, do whatever you want to do in my life, then God takes his paintbrush and he makes something more beautiful than you can imagine. And so it's when we see this masterpiece of God and we praise women for who they are and what they do, ultimately we're saying, God, I see you in her. And I thank you and I praise you for giving me such a gift in this mother, in this woman. So I just want to end with two questions and I want to pray for you. Mothers, what kind of legacy are you leaving behind you? What kind of legacy will you leave? Your your influence is deathless. It will stretch way beyond your life. That you're pouring into the generations behind you, your children. What kind of legacy will you leave? But then... Women, what kind of woman will you become? God is so good that he will stop at nothing less than helping you become this rare woman. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for this beautiful portrait that we have and this beautiful instruction to not just see the good in the moms and the women around us, but to actually articulate what we see in words of affirmation and praise. And so God, just as I pray for every woman to become a truer and better reflection of this woman of Proverbs 31, so I pray for every man that we would praise what we see in the women around us. So that as we're family and as we're family in Christ, we would grow to be all that you have designed us to be and that you would ultimately receive the highest praise. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, would you stand and sing with us as we continue to respond to God and all he has for us?